1st of May 2022, today we're going live on the George Tan Show. I have a very interesting case study which you saw in the thumbnail. Fresh graduate with a good income and we'll discuss a bit better because I guess it's a topic that you know, impacts each and every one of us. But before we get to that, I've also found an article that is you know, very refreshing that I'd like to show you first because that is very, very important when it comes to understanding money, when it comes to understanding life, when it comes to understanding happiness. So let me show it to you. This article is actually on Straits Times. Go check it out. This is Mr. C and his family of eight children. So as we can see, Mr. C takes care of all the family's income because he's a sole breadwinner and he has eight kids. And if you read the article, you'll realize a few refreshing points that really challenge our attitude towards money and happiness. Because with a single income, he cannot spend lavishly on tuition or eating out or even traveling. Maybe traveling is important because, you know, traveling helps us broaden the horizon. For next generation, it's very important to see the world and to foster independence. I think these are very important parts that, you know, it's a trade-off. But for his case, they found happiness. They found the ability to do well for kids with eight kids also with just a single household income. So very refreshing story. And I think later I'll use this to round back on the points because today's case study it's on someone who is just starting work and looking to get a million dollars. He's just started work only this year. So I'll just pull up the comment, leave the details over here. Fresh grad, earning 100,000 annually, new to investing, and he has accumulated less than 3,000 in robo portfolios and cryptos. Together with girlfriend, because they're not married yet from what I read, total monthly income of 12 to 13,000. Before we dive into details as usual, if you have questions, comments, feel free to leave them below. We'll try to do a quick podcast today. Let's aim for 15 minutes and really pick out all the questions that there are. So what we can see from this is I'd like to ask you this first question. You know, about this number, 100,000 for fresh grad. And I'd like to guess your first reaction to things. Is this level of income feeling uncomfortable with you, you know, when I mention this? Because this could very well be linked to envy. In some ways, if you're a fresh graduate and you're not drawing 100,000, you may think, hey, what am I doing wrong? Uh, this is not fair. Uh, at the end of the day, we're not that different you know, intellectually. Or you've been in the workforce for quite a while and this was not your starting pay. So this, does this 100,000 for a fresh grad create a reaction in you or not? Because it's important to understand that feeling. What I'd like to suggest for each and everyone listening to this is treat someone else's income as just a number. Treat it as their journey. You know, in the game of life, we all play our own missions. And sometimes we interlink, sometimes we, we meet each other, and sometimes we don't. So what if someone draws 100,000 or so, if, so what if some footballer makes a few million dollars each year? Money is just a resource, but at the end of the day, you listen to the story and you figure how to maximize your own mission. Make sense? So that's why I would like to address the emotional feeling first. Because this, this leads to some other things that we need to address together. And if you can see over here, let's read further. This year's starting income is 100,000 and he has almost $0 in the bank, aiming to spend 1.5 to 2,000 every month. And he's looking for tips on how to get to a million dollars in 10 years. If we extrapolate 1.5 to 2,000 per month, that means annual expenses, quite possibly is only 2,000 times 12, 24,000, which means also savings per year could be $76,000. 
Now, if you extrapolate, $76,000 savings for 10 years, getting to a million dollars isn't that difficult, correct? Now, uh, therefore, for this situation, the case is quite different from what we discussed two weeks ago, which is for someone with a starting salary of 3004 I did a case study, annual income of 50000 That situation required side hustles to build on income quickly so that there is investment port. But for this case, it's very different. Probably the person is well qualified, did well in career, or did well in studies rather, and has gotten a good starting position that is demanding. So therefore, side hustles, this concept also works differently because when you are in different occupations, they do not permit you to do side hustles that easily, especially the job is very demanding. So in a high income or high income profession, it's quite likely the best way to grow income is not through side hustles. Don't deviate and waste time there. It's to grow your professional skill set as well as networking. That might bring the income growth a lot faster than what you can do with side hustles. Now, just like I mentioned, each and everyone, our path is different. So we cannot use the same strategy for everybody. The income direction for someone who's not on such a high growth curve is likely going to require side houses to grow easy, easy parts of investment income to build it. Then for this kind of case, yes, grow the income through profession. That is where you can grow that level to 150000 or even to 200000 in 10 years' time. So therefore, this case of growing towards a million dollars isn't that complicated. That's why our focus today's podcast on addressing problems or mistakes. Let's look at what commonly is our equation to build to a million dollars. Just in case you have, you have this similar question. Are you going to build to a million dollars? How we can break down this equation is income minus expense equals savings. That you already understand. Savings times your investment rate builds your net worth. Let me try to extrapolate a bit further for you before we go back to the income and expense portion whereby we're touching on mistakes. Below a certain point of net worth, there is unhappiness. That's called poverty, whereby there's not enough resources. There's stress uh, with not having next month's meal, next month's electricity settled. So then below a certain level of net wealth, there is unhappiness. But again, above that point, it does not equal to happiness. That's why I like to bring up this quote that we have from Dalai Lama. When you are discontent, you always want more, more, more. Your desires cannot be satisfied. But when you practice contentment, you can say to yourself, oh yes, I have everything that I really need. It fits to today's discussion. Is 100,000 what you need to build your wealth? Maybe it's not. Is $1 million what it needs to find a fulfilled retirement? Maybe it's also not. So numbers are just numbers. But again, this is what you can control. Your own happiness to things because your journey is unique to yourself. So let's go back to the equation. Income minus expense equals to savings. I'd like to suggest some things to this person posing the question that we have over here. He's mentioned that he started with $0 in the bank, just graduated. I understand that. Right now, he's invested 1006 in Scythe and 700 in cryptocurrencies. The key part or the key mistake that I can quite clearly you know, uh, guess is that when income and savings starts to build, that is where expenses start to creep up. This is something that many who, who focus on income are unable to dislodge themselves from. Because when you see your friend buying a new car, you have that capacity already. Previously, you didn't have. 
So now that becomes a choice, or right? that becomes something available. Therefore, mistakes start to happen. A branded staff gives starts to become more expensive between himself and spouse. You must remember when you have no money in undergraduate days, it's very different when you start getting paychecks. When you start to see savings inside your bank account, there's something called a financial thermostat. Whereby if you imagine 20,000, you are feeling rich already, you might start to spend a bit more. So just last case, whereby he, he was thinking he's only aiming to spend 1,005 to 2,000. My best guess is this number could very quickly inflate once that bank account starts to roll and once he starts to get used to his friends while starting to show wealth either through tailored clothes or through buying expensive gifts or through uh, you know, drinking alcohol after working hours. Do remember, he seems to be in finance whereby there is usually a culture uh, of after hours activities. Later, I'll touch on the housing part. If you're keen, continue to stay on. And if you have thoughts also, or you have seen a similar journey, do leave in comment sections. If you're watching this on a recorded stream, do also leave your questions. I'll pick it up after the stream. Therefore, mistake number one is quite clearly expenses, inflating it. Because expenses, if you look at it, there's a few key parts that we all run into as problems. The first is, of course, car. Very soon, loan can qualify. Car starts to become part of the equation. You no longer want to take public transport. Friends start to buy a car. So that is a typical mistake. Cars, gifts, wedding. Lavish wedding is something that quite possibly, because he's not married yet, quite easy to highlight. Or if you are in a similar phase, do watch out also. That could burn a quick hole and derail your path towards financial freedom and building that first $1 million. Then next up is housing, whereby I'll touch on it in this portion. You realize that his question is, he's looking to buy a BTO with significant other because he believes that it'd be more cost effective for them to purchase a BTO resale before investing in other real estate. But the second part of the question is, will, is it recommended to buy a condo instead? Gut feeling was more cost effective to buy a BTO. And then subsequent question was, is it recommended to buy a condo instead? You see, right? This is a typical concern that most Singaporeans have. Should we buy the biggest house that we can afford or not? Correct. Which means if your loan eligibility with combined account of 12,000, you can quite easily get a $1 million loan. Maybe I can buy a $1.2 million after I build up some savings and CPF. Maybe I can buy a $1.2 million condo. That's where typically the, the usual direction starts to flow. Spending on mortgage because, again, uh, there's wealth, seeing friends buying condos. And the question is, if I buy a BTO or a resale, am I on the wrong path or not? But again, when you understand, house is just a liability. It's a roof over your head. If you want to support kids, you want to get to $1 million fast, which is this, there's a balancing act. You cannot spend on your house that heavily. That will slow down your path towards financial freedom. That will slow down your path towards building $1 million. Based on income is not difficult really, but typically why some in 30s are still not at net worth $1 million is because of mistakes. Mistakes in spending, mistakes in over committing to mortgage. So be very firm about it. If you want to build, or rather if you're not good with investments, maybe property is good to dash in more. But if you want to train yourself to get into financial markets, then you need your ammunition to pay. Saving back on that mortgage is very important. You know, for my own journey, I've actually started with a three-room HDB. At the point of time, I convinced my wife, we go small. That was 2011. You can check it out. Properties have been running out for years, really. I believe the property was 
close to its peak, but it's a bit too early to call it because the real peak is 2013. So we bought a 3 HDB. That's very easy to pay off based on our income ranges then. So we actually paid it off and therefore we've bought the second property, which is a condo. So again, the path, home is home. If there are kids that come on the path, if you are able to keep that expense towards home low, you free up your cash flows. Because condo has other expenses. You have maintenance charges and stuff. Therefore, if you want to get best of both worlds, it's not going to happen. If you want to get to $1 million fast, save back on that mortgage. That would be a very important factor to work on. So just to round things off, back to where we first started. When we want to build those $1 million, I will be actually doing a new addition to my book also, which is how to $1 million. That was a previous edition. I'll be inputting some new content. And if you're keen to find out about the book, drop me an email. I'll give you an early notice once that new revision is out. I'll share my journey on how to build a million dollars. Because again, income minus expense equals savings. Individually, we don't know what are the, what are the choices ahead. But if you avoid big mistakes, you realize that you can get to a high savings rates. And then the next part is how to invest it properly to build that network. So income minus expense equals savings. Savings times investment rate equals net worth. Investment rate, very simple. Even if you only have CPF 2.5%, OA of 4% SA, you can build net worth sufficiently well already. And last one is always remember, below a certain point, there's unhappiness when you don't have net worth, but above that, you do get no correlation between money and happiness. That's why today's starting point, which is this, Mr. C, he has eight children. They don't have a lot financially, but what I can see from their story is joy and happiness. If you are looking to start a family, don't worry too much about finances first. Don't worry too much about getting $1 million in 10 years. Focus on your life, focus on being prudent and starting the family at the right time. Money is secondary. You will build it once you start keeping your expenses. It's that simple. So be this message resonates with you. And as always, we'll be smash the like button. And I promise 15 minutes. That's why I've, I'm completing right now. As always, thank you for watching you here. And I'll see you next week's podcast. Take care and goodbye.